Welcome to Latina Latino Latinx News. My name is Monti Rossetti. This week, we get to speak to the president of the Board of Education, Gabriela Lopez. Since the beginning of her term in January 2021, Gabriela has seen an immense amount of pressure, especially from parents who wanted to see schools reopen quickly and students back in the classroom full time. Gabriela talks to us about how she has dealt with these pressures and the upcoming recall elections due to be held on February 15th, 2022. This is uh, being recorded in mid-December, um, just in case someone is listening to this because this will be released towards January, mid to late January as well. Uh, but I'm here with Gabriela Lopez, uh, the president of the San Francisco Board of Education. And so most importantly, uh, first off, thank you for being on our show. And this is the second time you've been on our show. How has your mental health been since the last time we spoke in April, I believe? Um, yeah. How have you been able to kind of take care of yourself and, and deal with just obviously we'll talk about the recall, but everything that's been going on with you? Uh, I have actually committed a lot more time to focus on my healing uh, and specifically after our time our talk earlier in the year I spent the summer what I called the summer of healing just um, finding a therapist uh, getting away I usually take road trips long distance and, and that's been really nice to sort of find a way to escape uh, and it was tricky because especially this year and 2020, there wasn't a time to do that at all. So um, in choosing myself, I also ended up getting a full time job at the University of San Francisco mm -hmm. and kind of trying to balance the these two worlds that I exist in. Uh, and honestly, just taking a step back from how consuming the school board had become as a president of the board and just dealing with everything that we are holding this year. So. And what are certain things that you've done to kind of help yourself? We talked a little bit about it before. Uh, you said talking about like writing and, and those exercises just because, I mean, we, we had Jackie Fielder on uh, last season and she talked about the same, you know, stress, especially when you get into the world of politics and, and in a day with social media where everyone has a voice now and they can uh, they can share their their opinions and sometimes they're not the greatest towards you that can affect right. uh, that can affect you no matter what. Right. So what are certain exercises that you've done to be able to help yourself on, on a mental level? Uh, well, I, it began with um, the the writing. The writing part of it was really important because. I, I spent my time at the beginning of the year really trying to convey to people why I, I stood by what I stood by. And I found myself trying to explain something that wasn't connecting with people who didn't want to hear it. And that was not only exhausting, but it, it just it's like you're screaming at someone trying to explain why this is what you value and what you believe in. And, and there's nothing that will land. Um, so through writing. I was, um, you know, I'm I'm better able to articulate what that is. And then the message is out. It's outside of me. It's outside of my mind. And 
people will will do what they want with it. Um, and mainly what kind of got me in this position in the first place is that that drive, that ability to really stand by my values. Um, so throughout the year, this year has been exhausting. Um, and I've expressed that a lot, but it's it's really just come to the point where I I will not change. I will not shift because of the pressure that we're receiving. And uh, regardless of what people are saying about me, it's it's not true. Like after a certain point, I have to recognize that people will say what they will and that that will be exhausting. And, and I understand you all have the platform and the right to do that. But it does not shift that this is what I am, who I am, what I believe in. And really being able to talk myself through that um, with the help of therapy, with the help of writing to to get past um, how exhausting it's been. And I've only faced that this year. Um, on During other times on the board, we faced similar pushback and it's it was always fine. Mm. You know, in my education throughout the years, I received the same kind of um, negative uh pushback from educators and and I would do the same thing which is kind of what drew me to be a teacher but um there have been different outlets that I've had and the main one has been kind of getting what's in my head out on paper mm-hmm. Keep, yeah keeping it organized and yeah well it's I mean again I honestly can't imagine and and I would like our listeners to to also take a moment to imagine when you talk about the stress and the pressure that you've dealt with this year um, after winning an election, you um, or you, you became the president of the Board of Education. Um, I think you told us you were the first bilingual president of the or is that wrong? No, that was. the Yeah, you were the first one. Yeah, I learned it was in over like 20 or so years. Wow. OK. Um, so I, I know my close friend Esther Costco, who recently retired this year. Um, has been sort of sharing more of that institutional knowledge, and I know um, there have been other members in the past who have been in this role. So, so I mean, the fact that you were in the position that you are as a woman, a woman of color, um, and and having the you know the excitement of doing that on election day, or or mm-hmm. and and then to see this reaction that you've gotten in twenty twenty one must be disheartening. Um, and obviously, one of the reactions that we're going to focus on is this recall effect. Um, or this recall that honestly has been hanging over your head since day one that you started in in January. I know they had a big push in February, and now since uh, November or October it was certified, and come February 15th, 2022, there will be a recall uh, for yourself and two other members of the Board of Education. I I just want to ask you full out, your point of view, what is this recall about? It's about a takeover of public education. And I say that because the people who are leading it when i'm seeing what they're pushing out especially uh, um i don't know if if you were able to catch this really ignorant video that they shared when i see those kinds of messages and that kind of energy i really i really wonder the people who are supporting it how could they stand by that how could they stand by what they're saying by what they're doing who they're speaking with who they're getting money from um and because of that, what I'm seeing is the people who are in power who are supporting a recall really are seeing an opportunity to put in their folks. And that's the system that's set up specifically with uh, having mayoral appointees and the power of an incumbent seat. So 
it it absolutely has to do with that. You cannot tell me, you cannot say that a couple who's new to the city of San Francisco is all about, quote unquote, saving San Francisco students with no background, no history, no, not, their students weren't even in the district. Like there, there are so many um, uh, off points about their story and um, that I just, I can't believe. And the ability to quit your job and focus on this full time is also very, it's a giant question. No, that's the thing too. I mean, I, I grew up, I was one of five as well. And both of my parents worked yes. all the time. Um, and when I heard this story of, of two people that have more or less five kids, a, a, a pretty good sized family, and both of them quitting their job to focus full time on this. I'd like to ask our listeners, how many of you guys can relate to that? I don't think there's a lot of people out there living that lifestyle in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, again, going back to the complaints and everything towards the Board of Education, when you see the people that are spearheading this, it's 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 that kind of situation. Now, you did talk about uh, mayoral, mayoral uh, appointment for if something were, you know, if the recall were to happen and, and, and all this change. What do you think are Mayor Lennon Breed's motives for this recall then, since she did come out and, and back it? Right. Well, it's having the power to move your messaging, your your positions, your policies at the school board level. And what I've seen in various actions throughout the year is this disconnect between the city and the school district. Um, in during a time when we really should have stood together, they were suing the school district when we really should have been working together and city departments could have been giving us uh, the the resources that we needed to do exactly what we all wanted to do, which is go back to schools. They were, you know, pushing efforts to take away these opportunities for us. And one thing I kept pointing to was how the mayor didn't give us didn't give teachers access to vaccines when they were asking for it, which was something we needed to go back. And so it's it's efforts like that that really, again, question the importance of building with different departments throughout the city or building your own political power. Now, I, I don't know what what those positions are. I don't know what they're trying to gain by having full control of the school board, but it is. Dis, not only disheartening, but it's scary to 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 think. You know what? What's the future of the public school education? And I know one big part of that is the Lowell admissions process. Mm-hmm. No, and that's something that again, it's it's honestly crazy. Like because we dealt with the recall for Gavin Newsom, and then we saw yes. the people that were uh, running for his job, and it was a very uh, I'd say just interesting cast of characters that were running for the governor role if he were to lose the recall Gavin Newsom and and in this situation it is also it is interesting because for your recall there wasn't there isn't a group of people running for these positions it's something like you said it's the mayor gets to appoint these people and that for me is that's not a democracy you know and and I get it I voted for people that turned out not being what I want that wanted to be but there's like a term that you have and also the point too is your election there's election later in 2022 for the same positions correct So are we now this is a question. Are we wasting money now for a recall? And did we not learn from all the money that was wasted mm-hmm. in the governor's recall? Is, is, is there a waste of money going on with this recall? Absolutely. There's nine million dollars being wasted on an additional election to support a recall of a term that is ending months later in the same year. 
Um, and it, it it's actually going back to this point of the governor's recall, San Francisco was where they stood was no on recalls, period. This is not a, a way to support democracy. This is where we stand. But now that I'm heading into this um, this zone of being someone who is recalled, it's sort of a, will prove to us why you need to stay. And it's that is why this is why race plays a part in some way, because how did we months ago go from no on recalls, period, to, well, now we have this opportunity to maybe shift the political landscape of San Francisco and the school district has really been um, pushing things that for decades have been sitting and a lot of people are upset about it. So uh, it's it's also, it's so much hypocrisy. It's so much cowardice. Uh, I see it even amongst my colleagues sometimes and, and people who were supportive and now are not. It's that question is is why people don't get involved in politics. And this is now something that we're dealing with um, in such a wasteful way, a waste of energy, time, money. Um, it's it's ridiculous. No. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it, it's just the hypocrisy behind it, too. And, and like you said, I think there is a problem, too, where people don't want to get involved in politics. Not even people don't even want to have conversations about politics. So what happens is that you do have people that run for selfish gains and they know that there is this uh, blurred lines that comes when it comes to politics that they take advantage of and they get themselves in positions and then they win governor roles or mayor roles because everyone is just assumed yep they sound like they're saying everything we want to talk about but they're not really fighting for us uh actually a funny point that jackie fielder brought up when we had her on the show talking about gavin newsom that he owns like wineries and everything mm -hmm. and it's like you're not really relatable to, to the common person you know um but i think another thing too is this recall they stand on two major uh major points one is um you weren't reopening the schools uh in enough time um, and then the other point was the renaming issue that you did tell us in the last episode, the last time you were with us, that it was a that was something that you your group inherited mm -hmm. as well because of these two pillars that the recall group is uh, on top of. What are your answers to both of these things, especially now that we are in December of uh, 2021? The schools are open. Um, but, you know, why did it take so long? If we, and, and I feel like you probably have answered this yeah. question a million times. Um, but, yeah, you know, what are your answers to these two uh, these two questions that um, have been a, a big part of the recall back, uh, effort? My main my main point is I wouldn't I wouldn't change what I did and I will stand by the way we approached it, uh, specifically with reopening schools, as much as people want to say that we were taking so long, we opened them when educators had access to the vaccine, which were withheld, and had the time for it to be in their system enough before we opened. We focused on younger learners, which was important, and we kept with the distancing models, which was also imperative for safety. So as, as much as people want to have this idea of us not listening to the health guidance, that, that was exactly it. Uh, it was our ability to do that during that time. And uh, what I keep saying now is, honestly, the people who I keep hearing from are not educators. They don't have the background. They haven't gone through that process. They don't work with children every day. They don't know what it means to be in a space 
working through a deadly pandemic, not knowing what the outcome could be. And I, I just wonder how they don't see how terrifying that could be for someone who has to decide every day the outcome of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I stand by that fully. I think it's it's unfortunate the way we got into this battle because it, it was taken over by a privileged set of parents who also weren't living the realities of the pandemic in their communities. I know that. And um, it it's unfortunate that it got to this point because it really took away from, again, that humanity that we all were living through at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were all together. Um, so so that that's the piece with reopening. Um, and with the renaming, it's the same. It's people are are forgetting that. Again, we this is something that has been in motion for a long time. And the effort was to either bring it to a, a close so people know what to do next. Um, but it be it blew up because people have a real issue with with dealing with racism in American schools. And because the media contributes to this in some way, um, and in that effort, it it was another opportunity to bash the school district. So um i i still believe that the effort was and the intention was to highlight people who are normally not in our schools or not honored in in ways that they deserve to be and i don't i still do not see why that's a bad thing Since you're listening to this show, you might also like another podcast called Civic. They're also produced by a local newsroom, the San Francisco Public Press. Civic is the go-to show for understanding how things work in San Francisco and why they don't. They talk about what's going on in the city and the Bay Area with everyone from activists to city officials, from researchers to your own neighbors. They'll ask the questions about housing, public transportation, climate, the pandemic, or homelessness. Questions that you might be too afraid to ask at this point. New episodes come out every Thursday. Everything that was lived through during 2020, where honestly, I think you would like to think a lot of people learned the realities of what's going on in this country. And and again, there's there's vocabulary that we're all learning how to use. There's there's new ideas or new not new ideas, but there's historical aspects that we weren't taught in schools that um, we were, you know, as adults like, oh, wow, I wasn't I wasn't questioning this as a, as a child. So when you do want to rename schools, that is a small part of kind of writing, writing history, uh, not not rewriting history, but kind of saying, you know, this is what happened. And and I, I mean, some of the ideas that you guys had for school renaming were people that were local figures that did a lot of amazing things that were inspiring, that were probably more relatable to kids, which I honestly don't see a problem in that as well. I, I will say it, it's uh, it's one of those moments where. The argument was focus on returning, focus mm-hmm. just on this. And I, I know it in my heart that if it weren't during the pandemic, there would be another excuse. There would be another reason why we would have to wait, why we shouldn't be focusing on this, why this is not of importance, why our money shouldn't go towards it, all of all of that. So I I just know the, the system that we're working with and I know 
the arguments that people will have. And the pandemic was a big reason to kind of uh, put all of that together, which I get. We mm-hmm. were all living in fear, um, but the outcomes were what we have today. No, but I mean, also, you know, we we were living in fear. We still are living in, in a fear because the pandemic is still around us. There's still new variants coming out. Mm-hmm. And what do you say to those people that, you know, there's people that are working from home because their job allows them to work from home. Then how will you tell a teacher to be in a classroom? Like, I don't know the age groups, but children of a certain age were just okayed vaccination mm-hmm. like a month ago. Mm-hmm. So that means, and, and, and again, it's been proven that this pandemic doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like it still affects you. It still transmits. So, you know, and you did touch a, touch on this a little bit but i I do want to go back like that for me is such a bizarre argument to be like i'm gonna work from home because my job allows me to but i want this teacher to go into a a a classroom that's probably not well ventilated uh with you know 20 kids that aren't vaccinated Mm -hmm. like what is what is that and and also the fact that like i I also want to go back to the mental side of it because it's almost like you come up with all these these points that are valid points, but there's always a response to it. So how do you manage like these responses? And you're just like, wait a minute, am I crazy here? Like what's going on? Like that's something that, you know, like how do you deal with that? And, 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 and all these valid responses being fought back with whatever excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for, for a little bit, I think that's why it was um, something that I pointed to earlier of like, well, after a while, you're just going to choose yourself. You're just going to have to take a step back and and find something that is fulfilling in your life in another way that's separate from these people who are just not getting it. Uh, And teachers are doing that. We have such a high rate of educators who are leaving the field, who who love their students, but cannot take the system, cannot take the criticism, cannot take the reality of the people in power making decisions that might make their working conditions worse. And and to your point about our schools, that that's something else that people it was not registering as far as going back to a building that is literally not capable to keep people safe during a deadly pandemic. Um, and that has to do with decades of structural issues that we haven't talked about or or worked on. Um, There was a big battle over the Buena Vista Horace Mann building and the conditions that they were working under. That was another point to me where I really realized um, we were losing steam. We're losing the ability to advocate because of people who continue to to put this pressure on and try to find another reason why right now we shouldn't be focusing on this or right now money shouldn't be dedicated to this or whatever it is. And it tends to always fall on black and black students. Mm -hmm. Well, talking about race, I want to read a quote that you had earlier um, where you said they hear they hear what's out there, the people that are back in the the recall, uh, and they recognize this is an opportunity to bring down someone who is me. Now, can you explain what you mean by that quote then? Um, what I at the time, um, and maybe maybe just this entire year, actually, I really I really realized what's happening, and it's this 
it's it's something that I've been trying to kind of get myself out of, but I haven't been able to because what what I was trying to say was sort of the idea that someone like me, who is the youngest ever mm-hmm. on the school board, um, who is Latina, who is an educator, is at the is the head of a school board um, is very questionable, right? These, these are all of these points that people tend to have either concerns about or, or just wonder, like you begin to question their, their qualities, right? And so I've, I've personally been sitting with that because um, it is true in, and I think we talked about this a little earlier, but in this, this sort of space where those kinds of things should be celebrated, uh, they're, they're criticized. Um, and I try to remove myself because I don't want to be personally affected by the realities of like people's understanding of who I am in a role like this. But it, it, it was hard, of course, um, to just be constantly attacked. So uh, I... What I've been saying, and and maybe this will kind of explain what I meant by the quote, is um, a part of me believes that if it weren't me at the head of the board this year, I don't think it would have been as bad as it was. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I mean, we go back to what happened in 2020, where... There was a lot of uh, racial injustice going on and a lot of question marks about, you know, judgment. And and, and it's funny because it's not like it was just 2020. Like we've seen Mm -hmm. it happen in 2021. We've seen it happen in the, you know, hundreds of years that have been that this world has been around, not only in in this country, but everywhere. So uh, when you bring up that question, it's a very valid question. Um, The last thing I want to just ask and kind of give you the platform um, of if there's any kind of message you want to give out um since you know w- when this episode uh is out i think voting will already be open and mm-hmm. and it will be close to this this recall so if, is there any message that you'd like to say um the the main thing is you know people people will have the power and the right to vote and to choose who the leaders are in in these positions and if you want to continue to stand by what we've been doing and, and how hard we've been working, and that is work that you also believe in, then we need to keep this board intact and, con- and make sure to send the message that recalls the way this one has been organized is is not the way <laughs> to get your people in power Mm -hmm. it is through a regular democratic election and um that that i think that that's the main thing is um i had a reporter ask me once that they spoke with christine pelosi number one they spoke with christine pelosi (laughs) they spoke with christine pelosi who said you know she she wants to hear from the commissioners and our reasons why we should stay or 
I think what she said was, do we regret? Like, she wants to know if we regret anything or something like that. And it really made me sit with people. People want us to share or want us to say we were wrong. We regret doing what we did. We're sorry. Um, and, and that's not that will never be something that I will do. That'll never be something that I'll stand by. If you don't believe in in our actions, then you don't vote us back in. Um, ideally, it'd be during a regular election if we ran again. But um, we're in this moment and people have an opportunity to do that. Um, recall elections aren't really large voter turnout um elections so that's another message to send is you got to get your people out it's it's exhausting we will be heading into a 2022 full of elections and voter fatigue is real but it's it's that one thing where we they're going to keep fighting and pushing us so we will either keep showing up or not but um yeah, the long long way to answer your question. No, no, that was it was it was giving you a platform to say whatever you wanted there. And uh, yes, thank you so much, Gabriela Lopez, president of the San Francisco Board of Education. Uh, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Radio Teco, the podcast of El Tecolote, California's longest-running bilingual community Latino newspaper. If you enjoyed listening to this episode and are looking for more of our content, please visit our website, eltecolote.org. And if you value bilingual storytelling and would like to support our next 50 years of community journalism, please consider making a donation or sign up to volunteer.